Well, good morning, church. I'm just curious, how many of you are glad to be in the building today? Yeah. Well, I just need to take a moment real quick and look at those that are watching online. Look at the camera here. Welcome you guys on all of our platforms on the uh, interweb. There it is. I, I already warned the uh, camera crew. I'm like, dude, I'm going to keep you busy today. I'm going to walk this, pa- this stage like crazy right now. And so uh, camera guys, thanks for operating that stuff for those that can still want to stay at home or feel comfortable watching online. Well, This morning, I get to wrap up our series. This has been a five-part series titled Dangerous Prayers and um, a little confession this morning. I'm tired of stale, Americanized Christianity. I'm tired of it. It's not spirit-filled, and it should be spirit-filled. We play it safe. We play it comfortable. I'm tired of that. I read the New Testament. I look at the book of Acts and realize that is not the picture I see. In America today that I see when God started the early church in the book of Acts. We play it too safe, friends. We play it way too safe. We pray safe. We pray stale, predictable prayers also. That there's maybe nothing actually wrong with them. So hear my heart. God, keep me safe today. Like, we probably all need to pray that, right? Like, we, that's a good one. Um, is it safe? Yeah, it's not like God used me today. Ah! God might actually use you now. Now you actually have to do something about it if God's going to use you. I think today as we wrap up, we've looked at four different dangerous prayers. I think today, just buckle up, all right? Hey, turn to your neighbor without spitting on them or passing anything that we shouldn't be passing and tell them to buckle up real quick, okay? If you don't have a neighbor, don't say anything, all right? Hey, this morning, we're going to look at a prayer found in Psalm chapter 139. In fact, King David wrote this psalm. His character is being attacked right now. They're questioning his motives. And so King David, the greatest king To ever sit on Israel's throne, by the way. His son, King Solomon, would take over, and Israelites will say King Solomon was the worst king. Why? Because under King Solomon's reign, the kingdom divided into the north and into the south. But King David, the greatest king, sitting on the throne, his character is under attack. He's accused of wrong motives. And he does and says this dangerous prayer to God found in Psalm chapter 139. Verses 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This morning, as we close and wrap up this series together, we're going to unpack this prayer together. And if you're a note taker, I think there's four different prayers to this one prayer. And we're going to look at it in four different chunks. I do want to mention just as Pastor Brandon, for those that are at least in the room, uh, just hold on to your communion cup. If you already sat on it, find an empty one next to you. Well, not an empty cup. You want a full cup, one that's not being used. Just hold on to that. We'll get to it at the end of the service, but I need to mention that. Four dangerous prayers in one prayer. Here's the first. We're going to break it up into four parts. The first part is this. God, search my heart. Search 
my heart. Again, here's the very first part of this prayer. Search me, God, and know my what, friends? My heart. What did you say, Pastor Ryan? Isn't my heart already good? Right? I mean, come on. God already knows my heart. Really quick, side note, I just see myself out on the lobby on a TV. That is really weird. I have never seen that before. <laughs> Rabbit, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, that's just, I'm waving to myself now. Okay, back at it. It's fun to have you guys all back in. There's just so many changes happening. Ryan, God already knows my heart. Why do I have to ask him to search it? What, what, what is really <laughs> there? Can I tell you, your heart is not good without Jesus. Your heart is not good without Jesus. The prophet Jeremiah talks about the heart. In fact, I imagine the prophet Jeremiah sitting down, writing his letter to say, what do I tell the people? What do I tell the nations? What do I tell them? I'm going to tell them one thing that is the most deceitful of all things in the world. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, he says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. That's your heart. That's my heart. The most deceitful and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Without Jesus, your heart is not good. It's not. I, I want to ask a question, and let's, let's participate, those that are in the room here. Uh, raise your hand, if you will. How many of you are liars? All right, hold them up, hold them up, keep it up. We haven't had this in a long time, okay? We're going to keep this thing up. Okay, for those of you not raising your hand, you're the liars. <laughs> all right, all right, heads down. I love you enough to say that. Here's why, here's why, hear, hear me, hear me. The most common lie is the ones we tell ourselves. Ryan, I don't lie. Your heart's deceitful. The most common lie is the one you tell yourself. I don't eat too much. I drink, but not too many. I, I, I don't lust. I just appreciate God's wonderful creation. I'm not materialistic. I just like really nice things. I'm not full of pride. I can't help it. I'm just trying to make everyone else better around me. I don't gossip. I just want everyone to know about this situation so we can be in prayer for them. That's real in Christianity. That's gossip. Unless your really heart is not deceitful and you're really going to people to say, we need to lift this person up in prayer. You can do that without getting into the nitty gritty details which result in gossip. Our heart lies. It's deceitful. The most common lie is the one we tell ourselves. When you begin to ask God, God, search what's in me, then get dangerous. In fact, Pastor Craig Rochelle says this about this verse. I love what he says. Not only is this prayer difficult to pray, but it's even more challenging to apply and live out. Because if you have the courage to pray, then you'll need to exercise the courage to live out what God shows you in reply. I was reading the book Dangerous Prayers back in July, and uh, we were on the lake in Georgia. 
And uh, I was just plowing through this book. I was just like, this is our family vacation, just having a good time. And uh, I'm sitting down by the lake. I think my wife and my kids, they're in the water there, and I'm in my lawn chair. And I'm just relaxing, reading. And I get to the point where it's talking about Psalm 139. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is a great prayer for everyone else except me. And then you read it, and you're like, I don't want to pray this prayer. And I read it, and then I shut the book And I remember sitting there down by the lake saying, God, search me. Know my heart. And if I'm really honest with you, I didn't want a response back from God. Well, the only response I wanted is, you're good. And the response I got after maybe five minutes of just sitting there praying that prayer was, Ryan, you have a critical spirit. God, I'm just trying to make everything else better around me. That's why. Ryan, you have a critical spirit. Okay. So the day passes. This was in the morning. The day goes on. I said something critical in front of my wife. She says, you know, you're critical. I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. I already got it in the morning from God. I don't need to get it from you now. There was a critical spirit. So what do I do? I have to exercise the courage to live out what God shows me in response. So every morning during my quiet time, I try to say three things I'm grateful for. And when I want to be critical, I remember those three things I'm grateful for. It's easy. But we got to ask God, show me what's inside. Because oftentimes we don't want to know. We already know sometimes, listen to this though, but we'll numb ourselves with things because we don't like what's in there or we'll sweep it under the rug because we don't want to deal with it. That's, That's the first part. Search my heart. Here's part number two. Reveal my fears. Reveal my what, friends? Fears. Here's the rest of his verse. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I'm going to ask you a question. What makes you anxious? What makes you fearful? I'm not talking snakes or spiders or the boogeyman in your shower. I'm not talking about those things. What actually makes you fearful and anxious in life? Is it losing your job? Is it that you're single and you're not going to get married? You're stuck in a relationship that's bad and you don't know. Are you worried and fearful about the future, about the unknown, about failing in life, or some sort of loss? Why does it matter that God reveals our anxious thoughts and our fears? Why would it matter? Because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Marriage, your bills, your kids. And King David tells you, God, search my heart. You've got to reveal to me where I'm not trusting you. Because one thing I know, fear will hold us back, but faith will propel you forward. Now that does not mean Listen to me. Please hear me. Faith doesn't mean you don't get afraid. 
What it means is faith means you don't let fear stop you. You can step into it. Back in March, we did a series right before this whole pandemic happened. We did a series. Actually, I purposely wore the same outfit that I wore the last time you all were in this room, by the way. Side note, okay. (laughs) Planned it. Okay, two minor changes. I have a change in shoes, and I wore the gray on the black, not the white on the black. But everything else is the same. Okay. In case you're wondering. Did it on purpose. I love having you guys back in the room. It's so wonderful. It is wonderful. We did a series based on Ezekiel, the prophet in the Old Testament, where he gets a vision of what the early church is going to look like, and the waters are receding out of the temple, and they're ankle deep, and then it's knee deep, and it's waist deep, and then it's raging river all over, and it's flowing. I don't know if you ever remember this, but it's flowing in what direction? A, A quick quiz. East. And east from Jerusalem was the Dead Sea where things were dead. It was the pagans. It was the enemy territory over there. But the idea is that the church went out and everywhere it touched, everything that was once dead became alive though. And I want us to become that. I don't want us to become people that we allow fears to push us back. We allow our faith to propel us forward. And we may say, I'm scared and I don't know, but I'm going to take a step of faith knowing, God, you are with me. You are with me. And when we do this and we allow faith to propel us forward and not fear to hold us back, we will touch lives. Your life can change and the lives around you can change. God, search my heart. God, reveal my fears. Now, this third part. If you thought, Ryan, that's been dangerous so far, really buckle up for this one. This one does not get any easier. In fact, this one may be the most difficult one in David's prayer. The next one is uncover my sins. You know why this can be the most dangerous one? Because human nature says, let's cover up our mistakes. Let's cover up where we've gone wrong. David says this, see if there is any offensive way in me. Show me, God, anywhere in my life that's displeasing to you, that does not look like the image of your son, Jesus Christ, show me that and chisel that out of my life. I don't want it. And you know what's really difficult? is to see our own sin in the mirror. And here's the truth. If we're honest, we accuse others and excuse us. I can't believe the way that they parent over there. Oh my goodness, I would not let. But the reality is you let your kids do some form of what they're doing, but you have a reason why. You justify it. We will accuse others and excuse ours, but re- uh, us. But remember, the heart is the most deceitful thing above everything else. And you and I got to get the courage to pray this dangerous prayer. So I'm going I'm to give you three quick questions to ask yourself that can be a game changer with uncovering your sin. Number one, what are others trying to tell me? If you have two to three people consistently in your life telling you things, you may want to listen to them. You may want to listen. Here's where I, I truly believe in community. Spouses, it can't always be you. Because spouses are good at turning spouses' volume down to nothing. Women, you know, men have selective hearing. There it is. got to get in community where you're, you have great Christian friends that can speak awesome advice to you. 
The writer of Proverbs, King Solomon, says this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of the fools seems right to them. But the wise, let's read these three words together. The wise listen to advice. You have to ask yourself, what are others trying to tell me? Did you know on average, the average person has 2.3 blind spots? That means you just don't see those things in your life. Your coworkers may see them. Your spouse definitely sees them. And your friends may see them. 2.3 blind spots. What are others trying to tell me? Here's the second question. Ask yourself, what have I rationalized from, for some time? Oh, it's just a couple drinks, four, I can handle it. Really? Really? It may not be right. It's not hurting anyone. This is, this is just the way I cope with things, okay? Back off. What have I rationalized from some time? And the third question is this. Where am I most offensive? Not going there. Don't talk about that. I told you, don't bring that up again. Where am I most defensive in life? I love that I just heard myself on a cell phone over here, by the way. Uncover my sins. Sorry to point you out. That was just fun. I haven't been able to joke with people in a while. So God, search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins, and here's the last one. Once you do those things, God, you got to lead me to Jesus now. Lead me to Jesus. Praise team, make your way up. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. When you've now shown me where I don't look like Jesus... You've searched my heart. You revealed my anxious thoughts and my fears where I'm not trusting you. And God, here you are in this moment of uncovering things that displease you in my heart. Now that we've dealt with them, just lead me to Jesus. Lead me to Jesus. Not anything in this world, but Jesus Christ. I think this is a prayer. This is a prayer that can shake hell. This is a prayer that I truly believe can change eternity. This is a prayer that can enlarge heaven. This is a prayer that can scare demons when we call upon the name of the Lord. This is a prayer that it's dangerous, but it will conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. And that's five prayers. There are safe prayers. God, make me bold. Make me bold. Help me have the faith to go. If you, if you, just make me bold for you, God. But I'm an introvert. I don't have boldness. Boldness is not a personality. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can be bold. Start praying, God, make me bold. God, break my heart after the things that break your heart. I know that lost people break your heart because in your word, you said you hope everyone will come into the kingdom. Lost people, broken families, addictions, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, use me and send me now. Let me be reminded for all of you this morning that call yourselves followers of Jesus in this room. You are the church. Don't call the church and say, hey, can you help so-and-so? We will, don't get me wrong, but I'm gonna say, you go be the help. You go be the help. 
Well, that's why we hire pastors. No, you hire pastors because the Bible says the pastor's role is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. The Bible does not say the pastors do the work of the ministry. It's to equip you to do the ministry. That's my job. That's every pastor's job is to equip you to go do the ministry in this world. You can't argue with that. That's in God's word. That's not my word. That's God's word. I know it's easier for us because we're, I get it. Don't get me wrong. But then be dangerous and say, God, speak to me. And if he's going to speak to you, you got to slow down your pace of life to hear his small voice. And then the last dangerous prayer, search me, search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins, and lead me to Jesus. I believe if you put these five prayers in your life, I believe genuine, authentic, real, spirit-filled, not flesh-filled, not worldly-filled, but spirit-filled, life-altering change is possible in your life and in mine. If we be a church that's on our knees willing to pray these dangerous prayers. But I want to close with this. If there's one word that will encapsulate all of the prayers, it's surrender. It's surrender. You rarely, rarely get to something better until you leave something behind. It's coming to say, I surrender. Search me. Reveal things to me, God. What is in here? Uncover things. And I may have to leave certain things behind. Now lead me to you. The team's going to pr- play a song for us. And after that song, I'll come back up and do communion for all of us that are in this room. But I'm going to ask you to stand right now if you're in this room. Would you just stand? The song that the team's going to do is a mix of two songs for us. Uh, The the mix is, uh, oh, come to the altar, and I surrender. And you may have to come, have a come to the altar moment right now. Just between you and God. But before we jump into the song, I want us to say this prayer together. Allow this prayer as a body of believers move into this song. So if you will, let's read this out loud together, will you? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.